1: Would you believe
0: it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are back in studio on this Monday,
2: August 23rd, 2021, coming off a weekend of some Raiders football. Of course, there was the Manny Pacquiao fight. SummerSlam was going on. Bishop Gorman was in action on Friday. I mean, there was so many things going on over the course of the weekend and just throughout the the area. It was awesome. Uh, I made my way down to L.A. and back. Glad to be back here in the Las Vegas area, back in studio, here to talk with you for the next couple hours, some Raiders football. And as I come on the air, get an email, and I love this. I love the great timing. I used to always complain, at my other radio station. Shocking, right? Me complaining about something. But I used to complain about there was never any kind of news that rolled out during my show. But I love that the Raiders always kind of wait until 2 o'clock. And they say, okay, let's go ahead and send the email out about we, what we have just done if we've done something. So uh, just got the email from Katie over with the Raiders. and I appreciate her. The Raiders have resigned, tackle Devery Hamilton. Uh, in a corresponding move, they released Rasul Douglas, the cornerback. I don't think anyone is shocked by that, especially after what you saw from him on Saturday against the Rams. Had a few good moments late in the game. But early on in that taunting penalty that he received and did not get a very good look from uh, Coach, Coach John Gruden, he was not too happy, uh, kind of saw the writing on the wall for Rasul Douglas. So he's been released. Uh, guard Parker uh, Anger, he's been released and waived punter Corliss Waitman. He's also been released. So those are the moves that the Raiders are making. They do have to get their roster down to 80 men by tomorrow at 1 p.m. They're on that quick, fast, and in a hurry. And of course, JT was speaking about it on his show, uh, about the depth and and how they need to address, especially the linebacker position with Nicholas Morrow down with a foot injury, and unfortunately the UNLV product, Javen White, uh, down with what looks like a significant knee injury, but uh, has not been cleared up yet. And uh, we'll, we'll wait to get the the exact diagnosis of that. But, unfortunately, I hated that for Javen when I saw that live in person uh, because he's been a guy that's been competing and working really hard during training camp and uh, really looked like he was carving out a nice little role. Had a good game leading up until the injury, but that's how – that's how football go. I mean, you're one play away at all times. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're third string, second string, if you're a starter, it does not matter. Uh, you could be in the game one minute and be out the next minute. So, of course, we all hope for the best for Javen White, but uh, waiting for the official diagnosis from the Raiders. And then, of course, we have Demont Cotton in studio. Wasn't able to see him face-to-face face on Friday.
3: Uh, can I introduce you first, no, or you just going to jump into the am. show? People know who I am. I okay, get, go ahead. I was ready to get into it. Come on, if you don't know who I am by now, come on. You're feeling a little froggy about <laughs> yeah, yourself, man. you feel feeling I, a little confident, I, man. I'm going to have am. to cut your mic off. I'm going to I'm gonna have
2: to turn you off. See, I try to give you some leeway and try to give you some love and let you participate in the show, but then you don't even let me introduce you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, now you're feeling yourself a little bit too much. First, you were outside, and I wasn't even going to bring this up on the air, <laughs> but he was up here don't. lying to a fourth grader and dogging a fourth grader earlier. I wasn't going to bring this up because I actually, you know, I didn't want to put you out there on Front Street. But now that you, you know, you came in and tried to take over the show before we... <laughs> no. We're not even five minutes into the show already and you're already trying to Bogart.
3: You like that dude on the highway. Wanna, I didn't want to move past the Javen White story. I was about to introduce you and ask you your thoughts on it as a UNLV guy. All That's right, why man. you got to let me be the traffic
2: cop. And you just, when I say it's time to proceed and go through the green light, it's time. It's like leaving the stadium. Which I had a difficult time Ooh. leaving SoFi Stadium on uh on Saturday night matter of fact let me ask you this how was the parking at Allegiant Stadium was it a little easier to get out this time or was it still kind of a headache
3: it was still a headache okay it well was, it was still and I, this is no offense to them but I mean that's just um it's how it go yeah SummerSlam is also like that big of an event where it was like you're you're talking about the traffic cops I was one of those guys like because this is my first time using the media parking okay having to use the employee parking so media parking's different and it's just like, that. where do I have to go? And then it's just like, oh, man, I'm going to try we were to be You parking slick. lot 89, right? Yeah. yeah. But then it's one of those, hey, excuse me, you know what parking lot 89 is? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I don't. It's like, I asked like five people. Right. And like nobody. Did, well, you, did you have experience that your first time? No, about I got 89? there super
2: early. And oh, so okay. uh, it was pretty easy. I looked at the map and I was like, oh, hey, I can read. So let me go ahead okay, and go well to, cool go to a lot 89 well, and then get cool on the too. shuttle and go to the stadium.
3: To be honest, if they would just say like, it yeah, was basically <laughs> in this hotel's parking lot. Then would, you would have known. That would have been a lot easier.
2: I understand. Sometimes you got to just wait. You know, you got you to gotta do it like that. So I'll tell you this. SoFi Stadium was a disaster trying to get in red parking lot because there's no signs for the red parking lot. And that was not a media parking lot either. At least at Legion Stadium, they have a media parking lot. Red was just a, another color. So they gave us all the red lot to park in as media. And... There was no signs, and so you had to go through purple, but it's almost like you had to know the secret handshake at the door (laughs) to even know that you had to go through purple to get to red. And then I got there, and so the parking lot was pretty empty. I was like the last of the Mohicans to park there, at least I thought. So I parked there. I went to the game, did the media following, which usually takes about an hour before. So I'm thinking, okay, well, traffic's going to be thin by the time I get out. Brother, let me tell you, that parking lot looked like it was super packed. Like everyone waited for me to come out to leave. It was so packed. It was ridiculous. But – Hey, man, these are, uh, you know, first world problems.
3: (laughs) Did you want to go back inside and see if you could just kick it back inside? I was thinking
2: about it, but there was really nothing going on inside. Plus, I wanted to get to the house. I actually, after the game and after the media session, I went back to the hotel that we stayed at in Santa Monica and loaded up the family, and we rode back that night. So we got back here to Las Vegas about 5 a.m., and so I was kind of tired. So I think that that was good for for me to leave immediately and not not hang out any longer than i already did but uh anyway like i said first world problems we'll figure out how to get through parking and everyone else will as well uh but what are your thoughts before i let everyone know what's coming up on the show today what are your thoughts when you saw javen white go down or heard about it because you were at it, Slam.
3: exactly i saw so i see the tweet and it's just like oh i had a reaction tweet of like oh gosh darn but uh but like you saying it live so it's like i find I had to wait till like someone like posted a clip on twitter and in my my first response was I know football's a dangerous game, but it's like it didn't seem like that big of a deal. That's like, how it is. Make, yeah. makes the tackle and it's just one of those just got hit hit, hit really, the wrong way. And that really sucks because he's making a tackle and then just gets up like like he's in so much pain as you can tell. Right. But like when I saw it, I was like, oh man, I can't wait to see this, see how he actually hurt. And it's just like a little underwhelming of like when you when someone's going to be like, oh, it might be significant time. I'm not going to lie, but you want it to be like something like I see why he got hurt. That looks devastating. But when it is just like, man, I wish it was. There's no I way to wish an injury anything. No, I just, don't
2: have any idea where you're going with this.
3: Okay, what I'm saying is if someone gets hurt, like you want, it, you they want to. They get hurt. Yes. <laughs>
2: but happens. you want it to
3: look like something that like, no, that I involved, don't. like that was in so much pain. No, I don't. It no, looks don't. like he made you're a routine wrong. tackle. You're wrong. You're it wrong. It just looks like he made a routine that's tackle. Wrestling,
2: that's the wrestling background in you.
3: I guess so. That's because the wrestling if it was background. If somebody was just like, oh, yeah, man, I tore my ACL. What'd you do? I just stepped on the curb wrong. Look,
2: I tore my ACL just coming down with a rebound. It was real simple. See? I mean, it's simple. Yeah, sometimes it Achilles is injuries happen all the time without any kind of action. You, this is one you got you, you, you got to fall back on. You, you lost this one. You just, I, I just take it. just take that L. I'll just take the L. L. I'll
3: shut up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just take the L. Finish. Demond's not doing too well on this Monday. You know what? You know what it is, man. You, you, you lost in the in the in the hallway earlier talking about the fourth grader, and now you're losing on the air. But because it's early.
3: This was right before the show. This wasn't like something that happened. To this is right before the show. He was accusing me. Of down and on a fourth grader. Uh,
2: I'm not. the Actually, the, the fourth grader's sister is telling you that, who's an intern here at the radio station.
3: So now I'm being mean to interns yeah. and fourth graders. Yeah. Anywho.
2: So coming up on the show today, now that we got that cleared up, Justin Tinsley Tinsley is going to join us coming up about 2.15 in a matter of minutes. Uh, Shout out to Kobe Bean Bryant. Today would have been his 43rd birthday. Uh, But also shout out to Nipsey Hussle. And the reason why Justin Tinsley is coming up on the show is there's a podcast that's out, uh, 30 for 30. And 30 for 30s are always great. ESPN does a great job on that. They have a four-part podcast. And Justin Tinsley is, is basically narrating it. He's telling the story on it about Nipsey Hussle. And, I mean, that's amazing that they're doing a sports podcast on a rapper. And I'm a hip hop dude, so when I got the information that there was an opportunity to do this interview, I was fired up. Nipsey Hustle, especially coming out of L. A., being in L. A. for the, uh, the the over the weekend, I mean, it all kind of comes together. So. Kobe and Nipsey were tight. Nipsey has been tight in in the sports uh, scene for a very long time or was for a very long time. Uh, So I think it kind of all comes full circle. So we're going to talk about that conversation and talk about that 30 for 30 podcast that I encourage many to go listen to. Uh, I think that you'll learn something even if you're not a hip-hop head. But that's going to come up in a matter of minutes at 2.15. At 2.40, Ted Nguyen from the Athletics is going to join us to break down film, talk some Nate Hobbs, talk about the Raiders' defense, what he saw on Saturday, what he's been seeing from Gus Bradley and, and and company. Also talk about the offensive line, Alex Leatherwood, Andre James, what he's seeing from Richie Incognito, who's you know, banged up right now, and hopefully he'll be back by the season opener against the Ravens. Uh, John Simpson, how is he competing? Uh, we'll break it all down with Ted Nguyen from The Athletic, all things film as far as the Raiders go, and that'll be about 2.40. Of course, 3 o'clock, we have uh, NFL news and notes of the day. I like to call it Cover 3, uh, brought to you by Nova Home Loans. We definitely appreciate them for their efforts, so we'll just take a look around the NFL. And then at 3.30, Carolina Teague. She's from 9.30 a.m. The Answer. She's the host of the Sports Time Show uh, in San Antonio, Texas. She was in town this weekend for the Manny Pacquiao fight. She's still in town right now. So we're going to catch up with her. This is her first time in Vegas. So I want to get her thoughts on that. Uh, also, her her uh, opportunity to cover the, the Pacquiao fight, which Pac-Man ended up losing. But uh, either way, it's a, it's a heck of an event to be at and be able to cover. So I want to get her thoughts on that. She is someone who is uh, – she follows the Chicago Bears. She's a Chicago Bear fan. And earlier today, Vic Taffer put out in The Athletic that the Raiders have reached out to the Bears – in efforts to try to get Khalil Mack back. And I think JT, the brick really uh, rolled it out perfectly in in the last show, right before I came on talking about that. And that that's not a surprise at all. I mean, the bears were in salary cap jail. So as a smart team that knows, what do we need? We need pass rush. Let's go ahead and make a call. See if we can get Khalil Mack back. Now I know a lot of Raider fans will poo -poo on that and say, should have let him go to begin (laughs) with. It doesn't matter about what you should have, should have, could have, would have it's, you know, 2021, they need pass rush. So they were gonna see if the Bears were interested in making a trade. They weren't. Fine. They move on. They went and got Unique and Gakway. They're very happy with Unique and Gakway. That's something that Vic Tafer said as well. Hey, this is not anything against Unique at all. It was just an opportunity. Hey, it looks like the Bears are in salary cap jail. How can we help them out? Let's go ahead and try to go get that pass rusher. They had to release one of their cornerbacks, a big time cornerback,
3: because of that salary cap situation. I mean, you're guaranteed to miss a shot you don't take, so take it. Exactly, because Vic even said it, because, you know, he responded to at least one person and said, I just thought it was interesting that they made the call. You know, it's nothing serious, because let's say if they were to offer, hey, we'll give you Khalil Mack for um, two seconds. You'd be like, whoa! But you don't know if you don't make the call. Exactly. I mean, the worst
2: they could say is no, which clearly they said no. The Raiders went out, made a move, got unique in Gakwe. He's tag teaming with uh, Mad Max Crosby. They look like a hell of a team. And uh, I think everybody in Raider Nation is excited to see what, uh, you know, what, what, They do moving forward. So, again, it would be irresponsible for the Raiders if they decided not to go and at least pick up the phone and make a call. Well, you know, things didn't end the way we wanted to with Khalil Mack, so we're not going to call. No, that's being irresponsible. Who cares? You know, and and it's not not even a a bad look on
3: you. It's a great look if you go and make that call. And if it had worked out and they brought him back, great. Yeah. it didn't? Fine. That's okay, too. Because how many times do you see like a, a trade come through and a fan base, no matter the Raiders, they're just like, we could have got that guy for that?
2: Right. All the time. DeAndre Hopkins. No one knew that DeAndre Hopkins was going to get traded in Houston. People were hitting me up like, Q, I see uh, DeAndre Hopkins is available. And I was in Texas at the time. I was like, there's no way he's available. He's the mayor. He's the mayor <laughs> yeah. in Houston. No, I'm serious. I did. I was like, he's the mayor there in Houston. I mean, the, the city will go scorch earth if they trade him. Well, they trade him and the city went scorch earth. I mean, the Texans, they lost their mind. Bill O'Brien eventually lost his job, traded him for a cup of coffee. And, you know, well, now we all see what's going on in Houston with Deshaun Watson. He'll be up next. But, I mean, again, just because I say that, oh, it's not going to happen, or just because you say, no, it's not going to happen, don't mean it ain't. Smart teams will pick up the phone. And make a phone call. So, uh, yeah, that's our lineup that we have, the guest lineup. we got Justin Tinsley coming up in a matter of minutes from the undefeated, Ted Nguyen from The Athletic, and Carolina Teague, 9.30 a.m., the answer, host of the Sports Time. She does that in San Antonio on Sunday. She'll join us as well. Of course, we want to hear from you, Raider Nation, throughout the course of the the show. Uh, Got a lot to get to, as a matter of fact, uh, and want to hear your responses, Raider Nation, on the Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R, or you can hit us up at 702-365-9200. Let us know the question and the topic that I have today. Every year there is a surprise cut. Every year there's someone that you say, "Whoa, didn't see that coming." Who do you think it's going to be this year, Raider Nation? Who do you think is on the outside looking in when the 53-man roster is all put together? Now I encourage you to text right now at the Salmon Ash text line at six nine one eight seven keyword RNR because we do have a guest coming up next, and I don't want you to be on hold very long. But I do want to know that answer from you, so you can start thinking about it right now. We got Justin Tinsley from The Undefeated. He's coming up next. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920.
4: You're
0: listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. Raiders! Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q.
2: And here we are, 2.15 is the time on this Monday. Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. As promised, Justin Tinsley from the Undefeated joins us now on the phone lines. You can find him on Twitter, at Justin Tinsley. And Justin, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. I'm so excited about talking to you. I've been thinking about this for a couple weeks now. And today, what an appropriate day would have been Kobe Bryant's 43rd birthday. Of course, uh, Nipsey Hussle, who we're going to be talking about in great length, uh, You know, he was he was pretty close with, uh, with Kobe, and you saw him all the time courtside at the Laker game. So I think this just came together perfectly but uh you are the guy you're the guy behind the whole nipsey hustle 30 for 30 podcast uh basically narrating it telling the story of it uh four-part podcast how Justin, did this whole thing come together
4: first and foremost man i just want to thank you for uh having me on here it's a true privilege true privilege to be on here talking to you rather and the idea for the podcast it had it took on many forms and iterations over the years uh i tell this story quite often than my friends uh, it's like the first time I'm saying it on air, but uh, I was, I originally wanted to do a story with Nipsey in 2018 shortly after his debut album victory lap came out. And I had a mutual friend who had a connection at Atlantic records and she was, she was working with Nipsey as his publicist at Atlantic and they were really good friends. And we wanted to try to get Nipsey some coverage on ESPN And I wanted to explore, you know, the depths of his friendship with a lot of guys in the NBA because it just felt like there was a deeper story there. And I knew it was far more than just famous, you know, famous rapper, and famous Mm -hmm. basketball player taking an Instagram picture either before or after the game. And, you know, Missy was really busy in 2018, man. It felt like he was in a different city every night, probably victory lap. And, you know, I I wasn't exactly just twiddling my thumbs either. And I, 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 I say this. In the podcast, man, like the funny thing about time and oftentimes the painful thing about time is we always think we have more of it. Right. And yep. so when he was taken away in 2019, of course, I was I was I was hurt by that. I'm still hurt by it. But I also knew that he preached in over the course of his life, the concept of the marathon. And I'm like, man, I can't just, I can't let this idea you know, just sit on the shelf. I have to do something with it, and thankfully, it became a thirty for
2: thirty. Yeah, which is incredible. And we're here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. We're talking about Nipsey Hustle, who, like you mentioned, is a rapper. But we're also talking sports, and this is a thirty for thirty sports podcast, four piece uh, part. I just came back from L.A. Uh, at the Raiders and Rams game on Saturday, and so of course, I'm seeing Nipsey murals on the walls. I'm, you know, I'm I'm really in my Nipsey zone while I'm there as well, just because yeah. you know, what I mean, it's just it's almost yeah. like you're in L.A. You got to do that. But what made him so iconic in the sports world? What made him so, like you said, it's not just an Instagram picture of uh, some hoopers and Nipsey. It was different. It was deeper than that.
4: Man, that's I, I a really good question, man. And I, I, I think, not I think, I know the connection is inspiration always has a source of inspiration on its own. Like, inspiration has to be inspired by something, right? Right. And, you know, for these basketball players, like, their exploits on the court and, like, what they do in the community – it all has to have an inspiration from somewhere. And I'm not saying that Nipsey was a direct inspiration or the cause or the reason for what these players are doing on and off the court. Uh, but when you see somebody that looks like you, that is you know, lived somewhat similar experiences as you and still approaches the world in, in, in a way that, you know, you want to offer knowledge, you want to offer wisdom, you want to, you know, you want to bring people together. You, you, you talk about positivity more than just the negativity that may surround your life. I think you find a commonality in that. You know, Demar mm-hmm. Rosen says in the podcast, like, you know, you know, I, he never heard anybody saying they want to be like Mr. Rogers growing up. Like, we that Mr. Rogers wasn't in their neighborhood, and right. so, I, you know, a lot of these guys in the NBA that were really close with him, they were from you know Los Angeles, South LA, South Central, however you want to say it. So when you see somebody come out of the circumstances that you come out, uh, it, 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 it 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 provides a kinship. And a lot of times, like these guys have similar backgrounds and similar stories and how they came up, and it, it, it's hard not to gravitate towards that. And when you when you talk about the issues and the things that Nipsey Nip- Nip- did over over the course of his life and his career, like it, it just it just seemed natural, man. Like you know, this was I, I, Nipsey was kind of like the American dream personified in a lot of way. He was the son of an Eritrean immigrant, and he found success, and not just in his musical career, but as an entrepreneur, as an right. activist, as a, as a, as a philanthropist. And he stayed very involved in his community throughout his life and made it a point to help young black men and women uh, in, in these communities. So at the same time, you got a generation of NBA players who view their responsibilities, you know, that came with their, their platform and their access. And, and, and all of this is happening during the black lives matter movement and the right. black, you know, so it's, it's a bunch of things, it's a bunch of, Things that went into the groundswell—that why these uh, relationships were so deep and so pure.
2: No, no doubt about it. We're talking right now with Justin Tinsley from The Undefeated, talking about Nipsey Hussle, King of Crenshaw, is what the podcast is called. It's a four-piece podcast, thirty for thirty style. And again, I just every time I say that, Justin, just to try to get that and wrap it around my brain, how we're talking about a thirty for thirty, and it's featuring a rapper. It's talking about a guy, you know, from the streets who, like you said, made something uh, out of himself and and really provided an opportunity for so many out there and. You you know, when you bring it back to sports, I also look at some of these guys that get into the league, and you know, they get their money, and they're able to get their businesses off the ground. They're all, they're able yeah. to be entrepreneurs. It all kind of ties together, doesn't it?
4: Yeah, it, it, it all ties together. And again, this isn't to say that these NBA players directly inspired Nipsey to do this, or Nipsey directly right. inspired these NBA players to do that. But like, if, if if you're on a journey in life and you see uh, you see somebody on a similar journey, it may be in a different profession or a different avenue in life. You, you're drawn towards that, and so you know with, with with Nipsey opening up the Marathon Store in his hood and and other businesses and the other endeavors that he was involved uh, involved in, like Vector ninety and Too Big to Fail and things of that nature. Destination Crenshaw, you know they they run parallel with Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook having a Why Not Foundation is geared towards you know people in his community. Right. LeBron James building a school in his hometown. Like when you when you can look across the aisle and see somebody, you know, trying to plant similar seeds of what you're doing. You're drawn towards that, and and that's a That's a deeper relationship than any Instagram caption could ever cover or any picture on social media. Like they they're, they're they're real ties, right there to those guys.
2: Yeah, no, there really is. And, Justin, one of the most important things and one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on this show to talk about it was because I wanted people to realize that might not even know who Nipsey is, you know, or he was, has never heard his music, realize that, a lot of these guys are more than just what you see on the outside, more than just a rapper, more than just a hip hop guy. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to go and listen to this podcast. If you're your average Joe that just needs a little bit of inspiration, what would you tell your average just person that says, Hey, hey, Justin, why should I listen to this podcast about a guy that I've really I've never heard him even perform?
4: Well, that's the thing about Nipsey. He he was always willing to learn something new, All, always willing to apply like knowledge and experience and, and lessons that he learned in his life into his decision-making. And for somebody who may not know who Nipsey Hussle is, I, I just implore you to listen to the first maybe like four or five minutes of episode one, and you'll see that this guy made a deep impact on a lot of people just because you may not Just because you may not be familiar with his music or his life story, Mm -hmm. that should give you even more reason to want to find out, like, why was this guy so special? And why did he matter to, you know, some of the biggest names in the world, like LeBron James and Steph Curry, James Harden and so on and so forth. Like, these guys were deeply moved and inspired by him. And they're the ones that inspired millions.
2: Right. Yeah. And you know the thing, and I'm sorry I didn't didn't mean to cut you off. The thing, the thing about it as well is, we see these guys pregame. We see these guys warming up. And nine times out of ten to a T, these guys have Nipsey in their in their ear. You know, they're they're listening uh during the pregames. And I'll tell you this, I was at a LV Aces game just the other day and they were losing, and all of a sudden the DJ put on that last time that I checked. And I promise you, Justin, it when did. when that last time that I checked hit and that baseline dropped, it's almost like every player on the court, Aces and the uh, the Mystics that they were playing, just all of a sudden <laughs> it took it to another level. You know what I'm saying? And that's 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 when you know that you're listening to something that's really inspiring is when you hear hear that song or hear a song like that you just you turn up immediately
4: yeah man a song like that hits differently when you uh, understand this life story and understand that everything he put in his music was always authentic and true good bad and different you know like there's something that hits different when you know somebody worked their entire life to get to get to a to get to a pedestal to get to a pinnacle to get to a platform where they could reach a, a lot of people and And if you listen to that podcast, again, to the person who may not know a lot about this, if you listen to this podcast, you'll see why the concept of the marathon resonates with so many people. Because this dude didn't just talk about going on a marathon. He lived it. Right. And he he went through setback after setback after setback after setback. But he he stayed true to his life. He stayed true to his calling, his Mm -hmm. passion. And, you know, this, this dude left the world a better place than what he found it.
2: You know, and that's what life is about. You know, I mean, that's something I've been so passionate about as well. We're all going to suffer, you know, setbacks. We're all going to take two steps forward and then take a couple back. But if we want to really achieve that goal and get to where we're trying to get, you can say that even if you're trying to build a football team. You know, you can you can say that. Hey, as you put these pieces together, you may have an injury, you may have a minor setback. But they always say, what do they say? A minor setback for a major comeback. You've got to keep on grinding and keep on fighting, and that's what Nipsey did. And again, that's why I'm so passionate about this. And I, I started this whole thing off talking about Kobe Bryant and the fact that, you know, today would have been his 43rd birthday. I mean, just from, from what you've heard, talked about, listened to, seen, witnessed, uh, how, how special was that relationship when they used to see each other courtside there at uh, in L.A.? Man,
4: I, I think the most powerful thing Nipsey and Kobe ever did together, at least from what I saw, uh, for one, there was a deep respect between both. You mm-hmm. know, Nipsey, obviously an L.A. native, and you can't talk about L.A. without talking about Kobe Bryant. And so he watched Kobe through his highs and lows and he watched Kobe run his own marathon and he was inspired by Kobe in various different ways but they the most powerful thing they ever did together to me was showing up at a Trayvon Martin peace rally mm. uh, uh, I believe it was a, like a year after uh, Zimmerman was acquitted after, uh, after murdering Trayvon and just to look back on that now to hear those three names like Trayvon Martin Nipsey Hussle and Kobe Bryant like it it, 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 I saw somebody posted on Twitter earlier today, and I and I retweeted. I'm like, man, like, the city of Los Angeles suffered so much heartbreak in less than a year, and then went straight into a pandemic. Like, right, right. Like, it, you know, we don't we don't talk about like how much compounding trauma like takes on people, but also a city. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it. I think that's the most powerful thing they ever did. But you know, they both they both respected each other's hustle. They both respected each other's work ethic. You know kobe loved his music but he was really a fan of what nipsey was doing in his community because it wasn't just nipsey was providing lip service for what he wanted to do in his community he was actually putting action and application behind what he was saying and for, for yeah so kobe kobe really respected that and of course nipsey just respected the, the way i mean I was telling somebody the other day, man, I'm glad you mentioned this, like, there's not really a difference between what the marathon continues means and what mamba mentality means. Both means, like, plowing through even when you, you know, it, it feels like you're going through your roughness period. Both right. of them are the same, TMC and mamba mentality.
2: Right. No, no doubt about it. And and it's, I mean, bottom line, man, no matter who you are, no matter what music you listen to, no matter who you hang out with, man, life is a marathon and and really preferably it's a long marathon you know what i mean yeah. like ideally yeah. and like you said we don't know it we don't recognize you know time until it's gone you think that oh man i got plenty of time and then, and then you don't you know so yeah we want that marathon to be as long as possible but but justin i, I really thought it was important to get you on and, and and talk about this my man demond here my producer he's got he's got something he wanted to add real quick go ahead demond
3: yeah okay, justin yeah, uh, well, listening to the pod, like, you had so many athletes on. It was so, a funny part for me was Isaiah Thomas, like, DeMarcus Cousins said, yeah, that was my going superhero. But Isaiah Thomas put him on because he was, like, he would bumping into the locker room. Every team that he goes to, like, he's playing yeah. DeMar DeRozan. So was there a particular player that, that was, like, a bigger fan than others, like, a fan that was, like, or a player that was, like, yo, I've been rocking with him since day one?
2: Uh, like, who was the biggest fan? Man, Whew, that,
4: that's, that's tough. Uh, for the ones that, you know, that I spoke to for this, uh, I mean, all three of them were huge fans, but, like, Nipsey, Nipsey and IT go back to when IT was at the University of Washington. And, of course, you know, DeMar and Nipsey had mutual friends just growing up in South LA. So I, it, it, it might be a tie between both of those. <laughs> uh, but, you know, whenever somebody says the two biggest inspirations in my career were Nipsey Hussle and the first black president, you know, like, that—that's that's high praise as well. Um, but, of course, you know, Russ is, Russ and and Harden and LeBron they're all they were all super cool with them but for this podcast I Nipsey or IT but that that's no slouch to, uh, to who uh, – you know Boogie's a uh, fandom of Nipsey as
2: well. <laughs> right, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you right now, great job, great work. Uh, like I said, the minute that I, I knew I was going to have an opportunity to talk to you about this, uh, I was all over it. It was one of the most important interviews I wanted to have, uh, and I definitely appreciate your time talking about Nipsey Hustle. King of Crenshaw is the name of the Thirty for Thirty podcast. It's in a four-piece, uh, you know, kind of um, uh, um, four-piece part, four-parter. Let's put it like yeah. that, four-parter. Yeah. Jeez, uh, it, it, but go go check it out. Uh, great stuff. Again, Nipsey is. Uh, iconic, uh, and, and you got to check it out. and Justin, uh, great work. We definitely appreciate your time this afternoon, and, and we'll be talking to you soon.
4: Oh, uh, Thank you so much for having me on, man. Thank you.
2: No doubt. No doubt. Great stuff. Justin Tinsley, right there, uh, does the does the whole story tells the whole story of uh, Nipsey Hustle. and I know there's a lot of Raider fans in L.A. I know there's a lot of Raider fans from L.A. I know there's a lot of fans that go to L.A. and just know how large Nipsey was. I'm telling you, riding around uh, L.A. this weekend, just being out there uh, near the stadium, near SoFi, and seeing Nipsey on the wall, seeing Kobe on the wall. I mean, it, it just it all came full circle. And like I said, today would have been Kobe's 43rd birthday.
3: Yeah, I'm really glad that we did do that because I do think that the Raiders are such a big part. LA and I didn't know as much you posted your video I think you were just in the concourse at the uh, stadium Mm -hmm. and it was just like all these Raider jerseys because I'll be honest I'm I've only been to LA a couple of times haven't been there for a game day and it's just like oh you guys you guys aren't lying like where it's just like oh this is like a home game for the Raiders right like you like it was just like to actually see it was like oh man they not kidding around (laughs) no no they're not and uh, I think
2: there was a lot of Rams fans there but there were definitely a ton of Raiders representation at SoFi Stadium now I'll tell you this when the Chargers uh, host the Raiders. It's going to be a blackout. It's going to be a 100 percent blackout. The Rams still get some love in L.A., but man, I'll tell you right now, when the Raiders go to L.A. to SoFi Stadium to play the Chargers, done. It's over. It's over. The Charger fans, are, if they show up at <laughs> all, are going to be embarrassed by the way that they uh, they represent. Because I'm telling you, man, Raider Nation is going to be loud and proud. And that stadium, and we'll get into more of the stadium later. It's so loud, you know, I mean, and a lot of people heard it on the broadcast when the Raiders make a great play. Sometimes I didn't know I would have my back turned or something and I'd hear I'd hear the roar of the crowd. I didn't know if it was the Rams or the Raiders that made the great play when uh, (laughs) Nate Hobbs got the interception. I saw it. I witnessed it. But the roar of the crowd, I would have thought that was a Ram touchdown or something. It was so damn loud. You know, I mean, it was crazy, but. Uh, man, what a, what a great time. And like I said, I'll definitely get into some conversation that has to do with the stadium itself and my thoughts, my overall thoughts. Beautiful place. Don't get me wrong. Beautiful place. It's large and it's loud. It's just confusing as all hell. To walk around it and to get out of it.
3: <laughs> did it have? Did it have? Um, like I know at Allegiant, there was like a little system failure with like trying to buy. It food? didn't have. It didn't have a system I, yes. failure,
2: but uh, other places around the country did. They were all on the same yeah, system. Yeah, because I
3: knew it was like a, like a nationwide thing. Yeah. So, but SoFi wasn't affected. No, by that.
2: SoFi didn't have that problem. But man, I'll tell you, uh, they had. You know, you walk around uh, a stadium and you can walk from one side to the other. Well, at SoFi, you're walking, and then all of a sudden, you run into a glass wall, which means you have to go in. Sometimes go up sometimes go down it's really weird I mean you have to do you gotta I mean you gotta have a math problem you gotta do like algebra to figure out where you're going
3: Cause you did a couple of hand movements there, and it's and I'm still like, eh, Cause I'm like, what what, what are you Duh. describing? What are you describing for me right here? Cause I, I, I'll be honest, cause I was like, oh, so you just got to open the door and keep going? No, no, no <laughs>
2: dog. It is very confusing, and I know we got to take a break, and so we'll we'll do that in just a second. But I went to uh, I went to go see one of my homeboys, uh, Rob. He's from he's from Oakland, and him and his girl were there, and he said, hey man, we're in section two eleven. I said, oh, okay, cool. That's right. You know, it's right below me. So I hustled down there at halftime. I got so lost. I got so lost, first of all, trying to find him, (laughs) because you have to do all this different moving and shaking, and then when I left, I was like, "All right, man, I'll I'll let you after the game or something, maybe we can catch up, and I looked up, I hit the elevator to go back to the 7th floor to go to the press box, I was on the complete other side of the stadium, the press box was like on the left, I was way right, and it wasn't right. It was way I was, wrong. I thought this was going to end well, And then I just
3: ended up telling Rob, I'll see you when I see you, man. I, I ain't even meet Rob.
2: I didn't. I, hey, I, I mean, I saw him for about 12 seconds. And then when I, when I headed back to the press box and I got lost, I texted him when I finally got back to the press box. I was like, dude, this was the longest trip ever the wrong direction. And that just, that stadium is very confusing. Beautiful but it's confusing as all get out. 2.33 is the time. When we come back, we'll be talking to Ted Nguyen from The Athletic. We'll be talking all things Raiders as far as the film breakdown goes. What has he been seeing on film? We'll get to that next. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. What's up, Raider Nation? This is uh, Hall of Famer Tim Brown. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920.
5: What's up, Raider Nation? This is Hall of Famer Tim Brown, and you listen to Raider Nation 920.
0: Welcome back to Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary
5: roughness.
0: Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q.
2: 2.38 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness coming up in a matter of minutes. Ted Nguyen from The Athletics will join us to break down some Raiders film. We'll go into the film room with Ted Nguyen. He does a great job for The Athletic. We'll talk some Nate Hobbs. He came out of Saturday looking great got a game ball from coach Gruden Gruden says I don't give game balls for preseason games but he earned one Nate Hobbs I'm not trying to put too much stock behind what he's doing but man he's shining right he's playing really well and that's what happens like Max Crosby was a fourth round pick that a lot of folks didn't expect a whole lot from him immediately he stepped up and 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 filled that void Nate Hobbs looks like he has that opportunity to do that as well as a fifth round pick so we'll get all that from Ted in just a matter of a few minutes uh, we do have a four-pack of tickets that I'll be giving out throughout the course of the show today. Vegas kickoff classic, Allegiant Stadium, BYU versus Arizona. You want to go September 4th. I'll have tickets coming up in the show. I'll be looking for caller number nine, but not just yet, because right now on the phone lines, we do have, as promised, Ted Nguyen from The Athletic. You can find him on Twitter at FB underscore film analysis. And T- Ted, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And want to start off talking with some Nate Hobbs, talking about Nate Hobbs, because he's been... Well, he's been playing really well for the fifth-round pick out of uh, Illinois. There was a lot of uh, folks that were kind of high on him early on. I was one of those that thought, hey, this guy has an opportunity. But every single week he looks like he's just getting better and getting more comfortable. And I know there was a certain play that you broke down on Twitter. Uh, It was early in the game where it was that tunnel screen that the Rams tried to to run, and the wide receiver didn't block him very well, and he just went in and lowered the boom. What do you see from the technique of Nate Hobbs that allows him to go out there and make the plays that we're seeing uh, throughout two preseason games so far?
6: Um, one, I, I think that he you know, he's really physical and he has no qualms about getting his head in there and get, being part of the run fit and blowing up screens as we as we saw there. But I think the more important thing is that he, he's not scared to mix it up inside with blockers, you know, like offensive linemen, fullbacks, tight ends. Uh, so you know, if, if you're not part, scared to be part of the run fit, and you know what that, I mean by that is be responsible for a gap, uh, be responsible for actual. Um, Part of the run fit, then you know you could play that nickel corner, and I think that's what they're looking for in this Bradley system: is a corner who's athletic enough to make plays on uh, the perimeter and isn't scared to get his nose in there inside with those big guys.
2: Yeah. And, and Ted, that's the thing about it. I mean, when he was at Illinois, he was an outside guy. He's playing in the slot pr- primarily. Now he did go and kick outside because Keyshawn Nixon got got hurt and ended up making an interception on a almost one of those freelance backyard plays. He, it wasn't really his design where he was supposed to be, but he saw where it went. And he diagnosed it, got the interception, thought that was a great play. But uh, how how difficult of a transition is that to go from being a collegiate on the outside to playing the slot in the NFL?
6: Uh, I think you have to be a smart player because uh, you have a bunch of responsibilities as a nickel. You know, you're not just playing a uh, defensive back; you're also playing part-time linebacker as well. We we talked about being part of the run fit. Sometimes you have to uh, be like a linebacker and, and get in there and throw your shoulder in there and, and and you know blow up some blocks. And you know, you you have to have a certain mentality to do that. And you also have to be able to you know learning run fits is not an easy thing. It's not just about you know th- throwing your body in there you have to know how block blocking assignments are um, you know being designed you-, you have to know how it unfolds you have to make your read just you to get in there and then on top of that you have to learn all your uh, responsibilities and coverage as well and you know you have to play man you have to learn how to play different zones of a nickel um, so it- I think it depends on one how willing you' uh, how willing you are to be physical and two how um, easy you are you know how easy you're able to learn and uh, pick up all these different assignments you have to learn as a nickel
2: talking right now with ted Nguyen from the athletic on unnecessary roughness here at raider nation radio 920 breaking down raider film and uh, i don't want to put too much on on nate because it's only been two preseason and games and a handful of training camp practices but uh, is he a guy that you could have seen as as one of those dudes that played uh with that seattle defenses that that looked like that they picked it up pretty quickly that you know that gus bradley was a part of earlier in his career
5: you know, he,
6: he doesn't have that prototypical size that um, those Seattle um, Seattle system guys are looking for. They're looking for guys that are uh, above six foot and have longer than 32 inch arms, and he's just a little below both of those measurements. But those are outside guys. Right. Um, for the inside guys, they're a little more flexible with how, how big you are. Um, but, you know, he, he looks, he plays big. I think that's the important thing. Like, you know, we talked about, he's not scared to be physical, and you see that recovery speed and length. Uh, when he does make those pass breakups, like he got that interception, but he also had a really nice pass breakup uh, where he, you know, was able to cover a, a ton of field. So he has um, a lot of length. He's able to cover um, field. And he looks impressive um, in, in the preseason. And But one thing I've learned, uh, you know, throughout the years of covering football is no matter how good a guy looks in preseason, <laughs> right. you don't crown him just yet. You know, you got to, yep. once the regular season starts and those starters are playing, it's a whole different game. But it's a good sign that he's making plays right now for, for the Raiders, and it looks like he has an inside track winning that nickel spot.
2: Yeah, it, it really does, especially since Nevin Lawson is going to be suspended to start the season, so that kind of opens up the door for, uh, for Hobbs to get that nickel like you mentioned. Uh, I did want to ask you about Jonathan Abram and uh, Trayvon Merrick. Of course, Merrick is playing that free safety role. Uh, Abram is more up in the box. Uh, do you feel through two preseason games that at least Abram looks a lot more comfortable and looks the, the, the part uh, a lot more than he did previously?
6: Yeah, he does, you know, and we haven't seen him make that big mistake yet, but we've seen him play in a box and uh, make some physical plays against a run, which you'd like to see. Um, But, you know, so far in coverage, he looks pretty good. You know, I think I've counted a a couple plays where uh, it was a little iffy. If the quarterback threw the ball his way, it might not have been good. Um, But, you know, he's an aggressive safety, and um, as long as he learns when to be aggressive, and uh, when to kind of back off and play it safe, you know he'll be fine. But he he looks, you know, he said he lost a little bit of weight. Uh, you can see he looks a little quicker. Either you know he's he's actual physically quicker, or he's mentally quicker because the system is a little simpler. Uh, but he, he looks like he's playing faster, and, and that's a that's a good, a good thing for the Raiders.
2: Talking all things Raiders film breakdown right now with Ted Nguyen from the Athletic, and how about Gus Bradley's defensive line? Of course, Rob Marinelli he's he's calling the shots there. But you got a unique Ngakwe and, and Max Crosby on the outsides. Uh, how do you think that Klee Furl is mixed in with those guys? Do you see him kicking inside more, or just being part of a healthier rotation and still being on the outside? Oh, uh,
6: I, I think he's going to kick in more, um, but I also think that you know against. Teams that are really get good against the run, uh, I think I'll probably play um, take Crosby's. You know, get into rotation a little bit more with Crosby in those situations because um, they don't have. They're not starting a typical big end, which is a um, it, which is typical for a Bradley system. Is he has one end that's a little smaller. He calls the Leo, which is a pass rushing guy, and he has a big end who can hold up against tight ends um, and. Ngakwe is playing the big end right now. He's gained a little bit of size, but I don't think he'll ever really be that great of a run defender. I think he'll be a little bit better than he has been in the past. Uh, But in certain matchups, you're going to want Farrell to play that big end, and you want to move Ngakwe to the Leo position. Uh, So, you know, I I think he will be part of the outside rotation in certain matchups, but um, I think he's going to be playing inside a lot
2: this season. And, Ted, my guy, DeMond, he's got a he's got a question for you for the offensive line. But before I get to that, I did want to ask you about uh, the defensive tackle position. We saw uh, Phylon make a nice play on a field goal uh, block on Saturday, and that's just a, a really a want-to play. But uh, he's been showing up to me, at least he's been showing up. Uh, Solomon Thomas is part of a rotation. Of course, Jonathan Hankins is there. Uh, who do you think right now is the leader in the clubhouse as far as being those guys that be able to get that interior push that the de- defensive line is so definitely needs.
6: Yeah, I mean Hankus is gonna be starting because he's just a really, really solid three tech against the run. Uh but you know, who, who I don't know who can play the one tech just yet, but like you mentioned, f uh, looks really good. Uh but again these are you know, he's playing against backup offensive linemen right now, but right. he looks quick. He looks like he can get up field and cause some disruption. Uh, So I I like what he's doing a lot
2: right now. Talking right now with Ted Nguyen from The Athletic. You can find him on Twitter, at FB underscore film analysis. And uh, DeMond had a question about the offensive line. Go ahead, DeMond.
3: Yeah, Ted, um, from some of your tweets, Alex Leatherwood, like I know that these are select plays that he looked good in, but out of all of the rookies that you've seen preseason offensive linemen, is he looking the best? Because from what I'm seeing, he's looking pretty darn good.
6: Yeah, you know, I haven't taken a, a really close look at all the tackles um, that were drafted quite yet. I, I've seen Penny Sewell, uh, who was the first tackle drafted, and he hasn't looked great in his transition to being a right tackle because he played a lot of left tackle in, in college. Um, uh, but, yeah, Leatherwood looks, he, he looks a lot better than I, I thought he, he would early on, especially with using his inside hand and kind of using independent hand usage, which was kind of a problem in college. So I think Tom Cable has done a really good job with this technique so far. There are a few plays where, you know, um, where, you know, he, he might be a little slow on a certain technique, a little slow on his feet, a little slow with his hands. Uh, but, you know, th- it's still the preseason. There's still some time to work those things out. Uh, but I thought in week two, actually, he looked, um, he, he, I didn't really count a negative play against him. I, maybe there was one negative play. Uh, so I think he's improving still. And if he's not quite ready to be left on an island uh, by himself, John Gruden does a really good job of game planning around that, and I think Colton Miller is going to reach a point where you really don't have to help him much at all, so Um, The Raiders have that going for
2: them. You know, Ted, you mentioned that Sewell's kind of having a tough transition going from the left to the right. Uh, One of the things about Leatherwood that I noticed, and I know Coach Gruden mentioned it, I know Coach Cables mentioned it, the versatility. I mean, the guy played all up and down the offensive line there at Alabama. How much do you think that that may have helped him be able to slide over to that right tackle position a little bit? You know, I don't want to say seamlessly because he does have some hiccups here and there, but it was a lot easier it seems like.
6: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, just having the experience playing inside, outside, both sides in college is going to, you know, make it a little bit easier, um, going, doing that as a pro because, you know, you're, you're not so, uh, just setting and moving with certain parts of your stuck in one side your whole career. Um, and, and also, you know, uh, shout out to Duke Weather, who is expert offensive line trainer. He trains a bunch of the best offensive linemen in the NFL, uh, while he was preparing for the NFL. Uh, Duke was cross-training him left and right in case uh, a NFL team wanted to move him to the right. And it turns out the Raiders moved him to the right. And, you know, that experience is also helping him. Make that
2: transition. Wow, that's smart. That's a good nugget there, right there. I like that. That's really smart on on, on Leatherwood's uh, you know uh, side to be able to think that. Hey, this is what I might need to do. So that was uh, that was definitely smart. And then the final question I want to ask you about the offensive line. Uh, what are your thoughts on Andre James, who's uh, the now the center there? Of course, Rodney Hudson. He's in uh, he's in Arizona with the Cardinals, but uh, he's got some big shoes to fill. How do you think he's done so far in very limited action?
6: He looks pretty smooth so far. I, I haven't really seen um, noticed anything bad from him. I haven't studied him in depth, but you know I haven't seen a play where uh, it, it was his fault. And it was a blatant mess up. Uh, but I, I, I did notice a, a few plays where you know he was driving guys out, and uh, he's he's a powerful guy. Uh, so I think that's part of the reason why they wanted to make a transition to James. They wanted to be a little stronger uh, inside. Um, and, and, you know, I saw a few examples of him really, you know, shoving guys out, out of the way and getting great movement. So, uh, so far, so good from um, James, but, we'll, you know, I think we'll find out a lot more against a, a pretty stout Niners defensive line in Week 3.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, Ted, before I let you go, Deman has a – he said he has a funny that he's got to ask you, so uh, buckle up. Here we go.
3: <laughs> all right, Ted, all on right. your Twitter, you know, you tweet all this good film content, and it's lovely. But you tweeted about Rikishi would be canceled in 2021. What one. What'd you mean by that? Oh, wow.
6: Wow! I, I saw some wrestling <laughs> things, and I was thinking about signature moves. And I thought about Rikishi's signature move, where you know he sticks his button to somebody's face. And I was thinking, man, if that happened in 2021, nobody would get let him get away with that. That's a Good so, point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I just that's had to a ask. good point. Yeah, He's I absolutely know. right there. He's absolutely
3: right because Rikishi. You know, I'll say like uh, I wrestled for him, so you know I know Rikishi. Son, he wrestled for him. Yes, his what promotion. His promotion. He he has the promotion. He runs it. So I've wrestled for Rikishi. Oh, okay. He books me, I've, you know.
2: Like, like, uh, Ted, you see that? That was a humble brag that he thought he'd just drop on the air right there. <laughs> no, well, I mean, his, <laughs> I
3: like uh, his son's one it's of my good. best friends. Oh, now here
2: we Except go. Him. All right. Ted, it's getting thick <laughs> in here, man. I got to open up the door. Hey, what do you got coming out in the athletic that fans should be on the lookout for? <laughs> uh,
6: I've, you know, I'm going to write a Raiders review uh, on week two and a, a few of the things we learn. I'll, I'll talk about Nate Hobbs a little more in depth. I'll talk about Leatherwood a little more in depth and. um, Jeff Bradley, you know, he's been pretty aggressive in the preseason with some of these blitzes. Mm-hmm. and um, I like the creativity, so I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit. Nice. Um, and I'll be on Athletic in a couple days.
2: There you go. Great work. You guys do a great job over there. We definitely appreciate you, and uh, thank you for spending a few minutes with us this afternoon. No
6: problem. Thanks for having me on.
2: No doubt. There he goes. Ted Nguyen from The Athletic does a great job covering the league and film breakdown. Uh, one of the best to do it. At FB underscore film analysis on Twitter. Check him out, and you can see the whole Rikishi comment and that forced him on to have a humble brag about knowing who he knows, and
3: i hey, it's all good, man I ain't mad hey, you know if you're gonna brag, get a brag on, I ain't mad at you, it's better than how you started the show, Yo, yo, oh st- oh dumpster fire <laughs> dumpster fire. I'll I will be the first to
2: admit it. I almost took you out back and uh, had a firing squad moment i almost i
3: almost uh, I almost fired you during the commercial break. It's one of those moments where you just like you're gonna you like you just play it back in your head like stupid. why would you say that? Yeah, all during uh, that all during, all during yeah. that first commercial break just like mm mm mm.
2: It's all right. You recovered nicely. You recovered nicely. I appreciate that. It's not about how you start. It's how you finish. 252 is the time. Speaking of how you finish, we got cover three coming up next. Whole first hour already flown by, man. That's incredible. Got cover three to kick off hour number two. Going to take a look around the NFL, but I do want to hear from you. And if you want to hit us up, you can call us right now. Radio Nation listener line. I know I haven't opened it up yet. 702-365-9200. Salmonash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Of course, hit up Salmonashlaw.com because you deserve what's right. Who do you feel is going to be a surprise cut this year? Rasul Dog. Doug- Douglas, he's already out. He was released earlier. Who do you think is on the way out? I want to hear from you, Raider Nation. It's 253. This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. Hey Raider Nation, this is Hall of Famer Marcus Allen and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. <laughs>
4: <laughs> hey Ra- Hey Raider Nation, this is Marcus Allen and you're listening to radio station
2: 920. Say Raider Nation Radio 920. Raider Nation Radio Station 920. <laughs>
0: Welcome back. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness, Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q.
2: Just got a couple minutes left here. Now we're number one of the show. It's flying by. Unbelievable. Appreciate having Justin Tinsley on from the Undefeated talking all things Nipsey. You hear that Nipsey in the background. Ted Nguyen from The Athletic just joined us. We'll talk all things Raiders film. But I also want to hear from you, Raider Nation, because it's all about you. 702-365-9200. It's Raider Nation Radio for a reason. Let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line and listen to our guy in L.A. Shout out to him. Gangster Raider, what's on your mind this afternoon?
5: What's happening
1: with you? How you got a taste of the city this, this weekend, huh? Man, yes, sir. And if it wasn't for a preseason, it uh, would have been more than that, because, you know what I'm saying, me and my homies, we about 300 deep. Um, Parts um tailgating at the forum. Nice. and you know what I'm saying we would have came you know normally would have been there but we just don't believe in paying for preseason games you know I what heard that. so I heard if that. it wasn't if it wasn't preseason it would have been even more Redder nation i said it probably been 80 20 you know what I'm saying but just cuz it was preseason the rams had a little get back or whatever gotcha. you know what i'm saying but also also want to you know talk about Nipsey and the stuff he did on the impact he had on the community he had a large impact on the community because he got a um program called Vector 7 you know, I mean, Vector ninety, where he gets like a lot of entrepreneurs can go up there and get your um, know-how, on how to start businesses, a lot of um, intel and stuff like that, and also Mac ten, the rapper Mac ten, yeah, he does yeah. a lot of stuff in the community too. But he don't get a lot of praise, you know what I'm saying? Right. But I just wanna let you know and see, um, tell the I wasn't playing. This is still Raider Nation Town. they think mm-hmm. we just be talking, but it really is. It would even be it would have been worse if it wasn't preseason. And I also wanna say that we still undefeated as so far. We beat the um dischargers when we played them last year, and we beat the scram we beat on Saturday. So we undefeated at our vacation home. SoFi Stadium, you know what I mean? Yeah. And ga- It's, it's, it's gangster Raider all day, you know what I'm saying? Number but love. And come back um, when they come play the Chargers. I'm going to really show you around.
2: For sure. I'll be there. No doubt about it. Appreciate the call, my man. And, yeah, I like that. The vacation home of the Raiders is SoFi Stadium. That's one hell of a vacation home, I'll tell you, because it's a nice building. It I'll is it a nice building. <laughs>
3: I'll give it to them on that one. That was pretty funny.
2: Yeah, no, that was a good one. I, I'm not mad at that at all. Let's hustle back out to the listener line and l- talk to our guy, Raider Mike. What's on your mind this afternoon? What's up, Killer man.
5: Um. Anyway, uh, we talked about this the last time. Uh, we called it. I called it when we were drafting. Me and you, though, said Nate Hobbs is a dog, mm-hmm. a raider. He plays like a raider, has instincts like a raider. He just, he's like, reminds me a little bit of a cross between Mike Haynes and Lester, the judge, mm. the Haynes. Uh, he just has so many killer qualities, and I love his instincts. And that, that, the fact that all those that he didn't play for Ohio State, that he had to go to Illinois, that was the only Big Ten school that wanted him, that's going to put a huge chip on his shoulder. That's just driven him, yeah, to greatness. It really has. I agree. And, uh, the uh, SoFi Stadium—that's um, our vacation home. I, <laughs> I said that earlier today on a uh, on Clay Show. Uh, it's always going to be our vacation home it's the only we are the only team that's hoisted the lombardi there in LA deal with it chokers deal with it lambs it's always going to be that way it's our home game our extra home game of year and sometimes too you know if we got the rams right so
2: Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you, Raider Mike, for that call. Yeah, that was that was uh, good stuff. And look, before we get to cover three, which we're going to kick off hour number two, I do want to talk about Nate Hobbs and what I was saying to some fellow members of the media following the game, because he did talk to the media. And I, I always, I, I, I kind of, I take guys' body, you know, uh, language for something. And anyway, we'll talk Nate Hobbs, and then we'll get into cover three. We'll do it to kick off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.